What a prayer to pray every single day. Make me whatever you want me to be, right? Okay, about five of us got that prayer down, right? How about the rest of us? Make me whatever you want me to be. Quick testimony about God's healing power. A couple of weeks ago, I went for a morning run with the exercise class I joined. How many of you know those are always interesting? And it was very cold, and I don't like to run out in the cold. And sure enough, after that run, the rest of the day, I'm hacking, coughing, and throat starting to give me issues and problems. So the next day, I come in and, and did church, preached, and, and all that stuff. And, and after that, literally, it felt like there was a cut on the back of my throat all of last week leading into last Sunday or a couple of weeks ago. And, and man, it, it was so painful. I was, you know, negotiating how I'm going to get up there and, and, and do the, the one thing I do, right? Run my mouth. And, and it was, it was kind of, you know, uh, being a challenge. And so I was praying, God, you know, I need you to show up, heal, heal my throat, help me. And, and, and so, you know, you start thinking of other things, plan B's in your head. And how many of you have done that? And, and I'm thinking, well, we go in this past Sunday morning and, and during worship time, I just kind of, I don't really sing, but you know, I just kind of do this and thank you, Lord. And don't, don't exert because I need to save whatever's left in the, in the throat tank for, for preaching the word. And, and you know, when you get in here, if you, if you're like me and, and many of you in this room and some of you are getting there and you're going to get there, you, you can't help it. I mean, you start entering into the presence of the Lord with your family and, and the celebration kicks off and, and you just got to sing out because the Bible says if we don't, then what's going to happen? Then the rocks are going to cry out. He will be worshiped. He will be praised. And folks, man, I get, get in here with you guys and I'm like finding myself just forgetting about the throat and just pushing it in, into in God and worshiping and, and giving it everything I had and get up, preach the word. And I promise as, as sure as I'm standing here before you right now, that day after church was over with my throat healed, no issue, no pain when it should have been a lot worse because I did get a little excited a couple times last week, only a couple. God is still healing his children. Don't ever give up. Always have faith. Now, we're jumping into this new study, and I want you to grab your outlines, get ready to follow along, take notes, and do whatever you have to do to remember what God speaks to your life today. As, as soon as Adam and Eve, you remember those guys? As soon as they bit into that forbidden fruit in the garden, the greatest rescue ever was desperately needed. And thankfully, as always, God had a plan, and he made a promise. And as we kick off this new study called Manger Mission, welcome to 2018 Christmas season at Connection. And in this study, we're going to take a close look at all the components of the greatest missionary journey ever made when Jesus, God's very own son, came down to earth to live as a man and sacrifice his own life, spill his own blood to save ours for eternity. What love? No greater love has this world ever or will it ever experienced in the love of Jesus Christ all for us. As a matter of fact, you can make that person look at me right now and say, it was all for me. It was for you and you and you and you and everyone that's in this room and outside of this room is going to hear this today and the days ahead, it was for all of us. So you may be asking right now, what is this Christmas promise all about? Well, let's, let's just show our age a little bit, some of us in this room, for just a moment. Now, how many of you remember a television show that was out back in the 70s, I believe it was, called The Brady Bunch? You remember that? Here's a story of a man named Brady. There you go. Who was what? How many, anybody here could sing the, the entire song? 
Let me see your hand. Anybody at all? Sandy, would you stand up and sing it for us? There is a prize involved. Did I tell you that part? Anybody else want to stand up for a prize and sing the, the whole song? Your mom, Brandy. Brandy will. Go, go ahead, Brandy. Then a hunch. Woo! Yes, give her a hand. Would, would somebody get this prize, this amazing prize of a Milky Way fun size? <laughs> now you're criticizing prize. And, and they say fun size on there, but I got to be honest with you. That's not a lot of fun. Because they just kind of get you started and you're really ticked off because there's no more left after that little bitty... Uh, Brandy, I'll add more to it later. It's just what I had available, and it kind of was a spur of the moment thing. Let's give her one more hand of uh, appreciation for a job well done. Well, let, let's go back to the Brady Bunch. There was this one episode where, uh, of course, Jan Brady was was wanted to be most popular girl in school. You know, anybody remember that episode? So what happened is she started this campaign, vote for me to be most popular, and went around, and everybody was like, yeah, I'll vote for you, but what will you do for me, you know how that works. You know, you do this for me, and I'll do this for you, and we'll we'll kind of trade this off. And so, what she did was went around and made promises to all these people. You need guitar lessons, sure. My brother will give you guitar. Lessons. You need your car washed, sure. My 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 little brother will wash your car. You need this done. You babysit, I, yeah, I'll come and babysit for you. Made all these promises, and in the end, she didn't follow through with any of them. And at that point, she was the least popular girl in school. Because she broke her word. Painful, isn't it? Broken promises. Someone once said that people with good intentions make promises and people with good character keep them. Someone else said that promises mean everything, but after they are broken, sorry means nothing. On this particular episode, Jan's dad told her she could use a whole lot of character building in her life. Let me tell you something this morning. What a person does with a promise reveals a lot about their character. We've all probably broken a promise or two in here. Anybody in here not guilty of breaking a promise? Let me see your hand. Pretty much so what I thought. 100% of us have broken a promise at some point in time or another. And we've certainly had some promises broken that were made to us by other people. And that's not so fun or funny as the old sitcoms are. So please get this today. Do not miss this important fact. We can trust God to keep and perform all of his promises. There are two fields we're going we're gonna to walk through here over the next few moments and then, and then get you on your way. Uh, two, two different areas of the promise in this text that we're going to explore. First of all, there in your outline is simply this. We have been promised salvation. Through God's own son, Jesus, as I referenced in the opening. Jesus was promised long, long, long before he ever was birthed into this world. If you go back to the Old Testament, some of you skip all that because of the funny names that are in there and the hard pronunciations and the, the stuff you don't understand. So you always like to just run to the New Testament. But if you back up and go to the pages of the Old Testament, you will see over and over and over again, God reveals a promise to all of us, his people. He said, to David, the great king we talked about a couple of weeks ago concerning his offspring. He said, I will establish the throne of your kingdom forever. 
I will be his father and he will be my son. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever and ever before me. Your throne will be established forever. That's a lot of forevers, isn't it? He's saying to David, your kingdom shall reign over all the earth forever and ever and ever. Out of you is going to come somebody. In other words, if you break that down, out of your lineage, out of your family tree. How many of you know about your family tree? How many of you know some of them not so good branches in there, right? I mean, all of us got some branches we'd just like to have, have kind of pruned off and forgotten about, but we can't do that. But here what God is saying is, I'm bringing out of your family tree, King David, somebody, a king, a savior, a messiah, that's going to reign forever and ever and ever. The Bible tells us, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign out of Isaiah chapter seven fourteen. How many of you like signs? They're very important in life, especially if you're traveling, you're looking for a certain exit or, or a restaurant or a hotel or something you're wanting to get to. God's saying, I'm going to give you a sign. And here it is, folks. Do not miss it. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him, whoo, what? Emmanuel, which means what? God with who? Us. All of us that God comes down from heaven personally to save us, to rescue us. And that's going to be your sign. This virgin's going to conceive and give birth to this, this young man. Now, when Gabriel shows up to visit Mary, catch this. It is the announcement that God's promises are being kept. You can bank on it. Can you look at me for a moment in this room? And those of you that are watching, don't miss this. Whatever God tells you, you can stake your life on it. You can stake your everything on it. Now, I know the challenge for us all. The challenge for us is to truly trust and believe. And the reason why that is, and I know this personally, I felt this sting myself, is because of the broken promises that have been made to us somewhere along the way in our lives. Maybe it started when you were a small child. Maybe it was when you walked down the aisle and pledged your love to someone. Maybe it was at your workplace and someone promised you, you're going to do this and you're going to get this promotion and you keep climbing the ladder and we've got our eye on you and we, we've got you tagged for the next position that comes available and it didn't happen. So what happens when people break their promises to us is we get kind of shell-shocked, number one. We get very distrusting, number two. And we stop having that ability to easily believe. And here's what we've got to grab a hold of today. No matter what anybody else has done to you. No matter how many times they have not kept their word. No matter how many broken promises have come your way and and just eat you up inside and destroyed and shattered your heart. You can rest assured right now and for the rest of your life that God will always keep his promise to you. To you, to me, to all of us. The Bible tells us this very clearly. God is not a man that he would lie. In other words, he's not like that, not like we are. He doesn't have that characteristic in him. What he says, he does. Bank on it, stake your life on it. Don't ever, ever, ever doubt that. But you know what happens as well as I do? The enemy comes in and tries to whisper in our ear, you can't really believe him. He's not going to come through. Listen to this one. Nobody else has for you. Everybody else has let you down. He will too, eventually. I I can guarantee you that he's going to let you down. So don't buy that he will always show up. 
Listen to this again. You, Mary, a virgin, will be with child and give birth to a son. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Man, I love that. How all that just knits together the Old Testament, the New Testament, all these prophecies. And that he will reign forever and his kingdom will never end. How long is that? How long? Forever, for eternity. It never ends. Our finite minds can't even grasp that we're going to live forever. This is just the shortest part of life, church. You ever thought about it in that aspect? I do. And the older I get, the more I think about it. This is the shortest part of life. And when this part of life is over with, baby, guess what? Eternity begins with a new body, with new everything, with never pain anymore, no hurting, no suffering, no heartache, no tears. None of that stuff is going with me in eternity. How about you? His kingdom shall reign forever. Folks, here's what we know. God kept his promises in Jesus. It's very unlikely that anyone other than someone sent by God could could fulfill all of the promises that God made about the Messiah. I want you to listen to some of these numbers. No one else other than Jesus matches up with all the promises that are made about the Christ, the coming Christ. You might be saying to yourself, well, somebody else could have done that. Somebody else could have fulfilled those prophecies that were, were spoken thousands of years before his birth, some hundreds of years before a long period of time where, where they were given clues and prophecies about the Messiah. They, they tell us where he would be born and, and how he would be born and what his life would look like and how he would die and what family line he would come from. And, and somebody could have, could have done that, right? Well, Dr. Peter Stoner, who is a mathematics professor at Pasadena Community College a number of years back, calculated that for one person to even fulfill eight, hold up eight fingers if you got them. Some of you may have had an accent. I don't know. But if you got eight digits, hold them up. Just kidding. Hold them up. Eight. If someone could even fulfill eight of those prophecies, you can put them down now, of Christ the Messiah being fulfilled is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. Any geniuses in here? Here's the way we break that down in South Gastonia. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. A huge number. There's not much chance that even one person could fulfill even just eight of the prophecies, much less the hundreds that are in there about the coming Christ. Let me give you an illustration that may help help it sink in a little bit. I've, I've used this a number of years back, but I think it help us, helps us get the picture. I, I'm assuming a mathematician with, with not much of a social life kind of figured this out and, you know, kind of, they, they kind of hang out and just do, do the, the numbers and everything. So the odds of someone fulfilling even eight of the prophecies would be like the odds of taking the state of Texas. Anybody ever been to the great state of Texas? It is huge. You can travel all day and still barely get from one side to it to the other. I went to, to Bible college there in, in Big D, Dallas. And any cowboy fans in here? Man, they're like flies. They just show up everywhere. Just kidding. Love you guys too. I mean, God really does. He loves you. I know that's hard to think and grab a hold of, but even cowboy fans, thank you, Lord. You're a, you're a good God. Okay, we'll move on. So you take the whole state of Texas, which is huge. And what you do is you take... One, just one, silver dollar. And you put an X on it with, with, a, with a marker. And, and you fill up the whole state of Texas two feet deep with silver dollars. And you take that one 
that's got the X mark on it, and you put it in that vast sea of silver dollars in the great, wide, expansive state of Texas, and you mix them all up somehow. I don't even know how you do this. And we get Pastor Scott, and we blindfold him, and we send him out to Texas. Well, we better, we better get him to Texas first, and then blindfold him when he's there amongst the sea of silver dollars. And the odds of him walking through that great state that sea of silver dollars and stopping in the precise place that that one silver dollar is marked with that X on it, reaching down and picking that one up are greater to happen than one person being able to fulfill just eight of the prophecies that are spoken of the coming Messiah. Mind-boggling. So those of you and, and those who try to say that, well, somebody could have could have faked this, somebody could have could have worked this out and just finagled this whole thing and made it happen to the point exactly the way that it was prophesied by God through his prophets, through his his people for years and years and years and years is not gonna happen. Can't be done. Let me give you a few other odds that kind of affect our everyday lives. It's kind of interesting stuff. You will crush a finger with a hammer in the coming year. Odds are one in 3,000. Now, how many of you say, I'm not using a hammer at all? So my odds are pretty good, right? Okay. The odds that your child dislikes school are one in three is what statistics say. But I, I think personally, it's more like one out of one. There is that rare child that's like, I love school. And we're all looking at him like, really? Are you, are, okay, whatever. The odds that you will be driven from your home by a flood in the coming year, and it seems like they're going up around here because we get rain constantly, are one in 4,000. This one kind of struck a nerve. The, the odds that your aged mother, or mother-in-law could be put in there, will come to live with you are one in nine. Now, that seems high to me for some reason. I think it's more like, oh, I better move on. Okay, the odds that your television set will catch on fire this year, Believe it or not, are one in 7,500. I, I kind of find that strange. It happens that often. But the odds that you will have an operation requiring a hospital stay in the coming year are one in 12. Seems kind of logical. Your, your doctor, the odds that your doctor is, is actually an imposter. Catch this. Kind of a shocking number. One in 50. So that means that like 50 of you in this room that are going to see a doctor next year, one of them is going to be a fake. You better check those those diplomas hanging on the wall and do some googling on these people man because you know the odds that your next meal will be from mcdonald's are one in eight i can tell you right now that's 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 not going to happen for me or walmart that will happen for me i'll be there like every day twice a day some days so a couple more the odds that one person could fulfill just eight of the prophecies made about the messiah in the old testament are again, one in 10 to the 157th power. And listen to this church. There are 60 major prophecies and 270 minor prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the coming of Christ. Over 300 prophecies. Turn to somebody next to you and say, that's a lot. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. He didn't miss a thing. So here's what that tells us. And write this down somewhere on your outline, on your hand, on your forehead, wherever you need to. Write this down. We 
can trust him. Amen? You can trust him. And I believe with all my heart that people in this room and people outside of this room need to hear that. And you need to really hear it. I'm not talking about just let it hit your ear and bounce off and then start thinking about going to get your groceries this afternoon. Where are you going to eat lunch? Got a busy week for the kids. No, you need to get that deep down in your heart to the point that it transforms your life into a life that says, you know what? No longer am I going to disbelieve what God says, what his word says to me and about me. I'm going to eat that up like gravy and biscuits baby because he will show up every time and never break a promise some of you need that today and what I say is this some of you really need that today and I still don't think some of you are getting it right now some of you desperately need to know that you without a shadow of a doubt as sure as everything is what it is in this room at the moment you can trust God completely He is not a man that he would lie. He always keeps his promises. Second thing on your outline there, second aspect of what we want to look at here as we move to a close is the fact that we have not only been promised his great salvation, but we are promised his presence. You got somebody nearby you right now? You have somebody sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you, somewhere around you. Then here's what I want to tell you. You're in the presence of that person. That makes sense. I mean, it's simple. And I'm going to add something to it. You're in the presence of greatness. You're great people. T- tell somebody right, right close to you how, how great they are. Say, you're, you're amazing. You're, you might want to say, you're marvelous. You are God's creation made in his image. Just just tell him that. And and then finish up with this. And you are looking good. And say it with a little little bit of soul to you. You're looking good. Now, you husbands, that's a great chance for you to look at your wife and say, you're looking good, girl. And and wives, vice versa. I see Angie over there giving the business to Joseph there. That's good. Might need more room in that nursery. Next year over there. So, oh, whoop, getting off subject. Okay. You're in the presence of people in this room. But even more so, when we walked into this room, we're in the presence of God. But here's the thing about it. Even before we walked into this room, if we follow Christ, we are always in the presence of God. He is always with us. That's his promise to us. And, and looking at Mary's case, this, this precious young lady we find out that God made a very significant promise to her found in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, when he simply said, the angel declared to her, the Lord is what? Is with you. Now let's start from there and we're going to work back on this a little bit. The angel showed up and gave her this great opportunity and and to close up the opportunity, he declared to her, the Lord is with you. Now that changes things dramatically. Because what God is asking of her is no simple matter. She is being asked to bear a child as a virgin without being married. And they did not live in the era of Jerry Springer where none of that matters. It doesn't matter what you do anymore. It seems to be in society we're accepting of everything. And so in this day and time, if you showed up pregnant and you were not married yet, 
You were considered an outcast. You were considered a betrayer of your family, and your family could put you out. And, and if the person, if you were engaged, if the person that you were engaged to didn't follow through and marry you, then you could be done away with by your family. You would be looked at in society as scum, looked down upon by the rest of the ladies that are drawing water at the well and and you would be an outcast and ostracized and by yourself and overdrawing and, and, and they would be huddled up over. I know this doesn't happen anymore in our day and time, but they would be huddled up in the corner of it going, there's Mary, look at her. Can you believe she shows her face out in public? How dare her? I can't believe she does that. Now, I don't know where that came from. Y'all, y'all just got to pray for me. And, and they'd be over there and you would be just all alone drawing your water, trying to get through your day. She risked every bit of that, folks. Risked it all because of a promise. And that promise again is the angel declared, the Lord is with you. Now we get asked by God to do certain things at times. And people are looking at this, don't really know what this stuff's all about going, where's the people with the white jacket? The little straight belts that go around it to kind of haul him off. Just this week, you were asked by God to do some things. Small things, big things, in between things. He whispered some things to you. Don't strike back when someone strikes you. Return it with love. Go and help this person pay a bill. Go and share me with them. Call up Pastor Robert and say, you'll clean the church for the next 12 months Every single day. Things like that. You know what I'm saying? We get asked a lot by God. Just like Mary. This this is an incredible thing that God is asking of this young, young woman. But the reason why Mary could do whatever God asked her to do is because of the promise. And hear me right now. The reason why you can do anything that God asks of you is because of that same promise promise fast forward 2000 plus years later and that promise is the lord is with you so here's what i want you to do i want you to write that down in this way the lord is with me and and just write that a couple of times wherever you need to the lord is with me therefore whatever you ask of me god i will do now understand god certainly didn't force this choice on mary she willingly embraced what god had for her because her answer was i am the lord's servant may it be to me as you have said in verse 38 One of my favorite verses in all the Bible, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. God, whatever you want, make me an offering. I just love how the Holy Spirit put this song together with this message this morning, talking about the promise. And folks, whenever we get to the point that our daily, our daily, our daily prayer is, God, make me an offering. Squeeze me. Crush me. Get all the me out of me. I prayed that over this room this morning. God, get us out of the way. And Lord, you come and have your way today. Crush me. Empty me of the stuff of this world and my selfishness and all the junk, God. And let me get to the place where my prayer, my answer is always, let it be unto me just as you say, God, do what you want in me and through me. I am yours completely. Folks, I'm telling you, that's why Mary could say yes to this daunting task and assignment that God brought to her life as an ask 
And she said, yes, Lord, whatever you ask, I am yours. Whatever you want, I will do. His promises are sure and true and yes and amen. That means they're settled. The Lord's promised his presence to always be with us. He said to us in his word as well, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You think that's true? If you don't, when you get to heaven, ask those three Hebrew boys that whoop, got thrown in the fiery furnace. And everybody was scratching their heads and looking in saying that, that something's not... I'm, we, we, we put three we, we put three in. Why do we see four? Don't you love that fourth man? Jesus goes with us wherever we go. When we make that stand for him, when we say yes to him, when we understand that his presence will always be with us. We are very houses of God. We're the temples of the Holy Spirit. God in us. God with us. God through us. His presence will never leave us. He'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. As you close your eyes just for a moment, I want to ask you this. It, it, it's just a, just a question to, to make us really evaluate and examine and ask the Lord to help us a little bit or a lot. That question is the third thing I put on your outline. You don't even have to look at it right now. I'm just going to say it to you. How good are we at keeping our promises? This is not a time I just want to heap condemnation on anybody. I just want us to ask the Holy Spirit to come and evaluate and examine our lives. God always follows through on His promises. We've, we've, we've declared that. We've, we've settled that. I, I hope and pray that you have. But how will I do I do? All, all the times, some, sometimes, never. God follows through when he promises to be with us. He promises his presence will never leave us. How well do I follow through with my presence in the lives of people who are counting on me? All the time, sometimes, never. Commitment. It means this. I will never leave you. Others may come and go in your life, but I will never leave you ever. If you wrinkle, I'm going to love you. If you fail, I'm going to stay with you. If you get sick, I will feed you. I will bathe you. I, I will sit, sit up with you late at night. Anything except leave you. I will never, never leave you. Stay in marriages. Stay as parents. Stay in commitments we make to, to volunteer at school or church or, or civic groups. Show up. Be there. Do what you say. With God's help. Let's be promise keepers, not promise breakers. Because we've got a God who is capable of helping us do all that we could ever ask or think in and through him. If, if you're in this room today and you're saying, you know what? You know what, Pastor? I, I need some help. I've had a lot of doubt creep in. I've had, had things happen in my life that's caused doubt and confusion and and distrust God I, I just feel like I, I can't trust anybody even God and I've struggled with that tremendously in my life but today I'm making that step of faith and trust in him completely would you pray for me today would you just raise your hands across this room yes ma'am yes yes ma'am anybody else yes who else yes sir yes 
Maybe you're saying today, you know what? I've been unfaithful to Christ in my walk with him, but today is a new day. It's the first day of the rest of my life and all of eternity. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ fully and completely right now. Can I see your hands across this room? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. How many others? Yes. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Maybe you're in here and say, you know what? I've bought the lie that I'm alone too many times from the enemy. When I have been reminded today full well that as a child of God, His presence, His presence, His presence is always with me. He is always with me. I confirm that in my heart today, in my life today. Would you just raise your hands and say, Pastor, that's me this morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How many else? Thank you. As a matter of fact, all of you raised your hands for anything. And maybe you didn't, but God's just dealing with you on something hard maybe that you can trust him with. Would you just begin to make your way up here so we can pray in a huddle right here on this, this blue rug. I want everybody to just kind of pack in as close as you can. Right up here at the front. Nothing that this rug has. It's, just, it's, a, it's a point to, to convene right here. And God's doing something profound in your life this morning. And this very last call that I make is simply this. Would you come now? If you raise your hands, come now. Don't hesitate. This very last call that I make this morning is for some of you, God's asked something that seemed too hard, too difficult. Maybe you feel like Abraham of old when God said, said, show me, give me your son. Maybe you feel like Mary who who God showed up through an angel and said, hey, you're going to bear the son of God. You're going to bring him, usher him into this world through a virgin birth whatever it may be and you've you've struggled big time with that would you just make your way up here right now we want to pray over you for some of you it's some big steps of faith coming up some big things that God has for others this is some big steps in family big steps in relationship I don't know what it is but would you make your way up as some others who are going to help pray this morning and surround you guys begin to make their way up right now and just come and and and, and pray with and for these that are gathered up. I need some men and women to come come do that now. That That's your cue. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Great, awesome. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and get in, in front of these folks. I, I want some men in front of these men and women in front of these women. And I want you taking them by the hand and looking them in the eye and saying, how can I pray for you today? And then touching the throne of God in prayer for them and with them right now. Would you do that? I need some other ladies to come and pray for these young ladies right here. Would you come and do that right now? Get in front of them. Be a prayer partner with them. Minister to them right now. Need some other ladies over here right now. Thank you. Some other men to come. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Teresa. Would you just take a moment to pray over these folks right now? Teresa, if you would right here in this game. I need, need you guys to just do business with the Father right now. I want everybody else that is not up here, if you can, to stand to your feet. And as you do that, I want, I want to ask this of you. I want you to just lift your hands to heaven right now. Say, well, well, preacher, I'm not Pentecostal. It doesn't matter. Just lift your hands up. You're a person. You got arms. Lift them up. You love Jesus. Worship. Surrender. Lift them up right now across this room. God, we as a corporate body surrender ourselves We surrender ourselves fully and completely to believe and trust you with everything that we have. And then when that falls short, we trust the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us and give us whatever else we need to make that complete. God, holding nothing back but 
fully believing you and your word to us as individuals. God, you made this great span of a promise to the world. But Lord, even beyond that, you made it to me personally. Robert Thompson here in 2018. All the promises of God are mine. Every single one of them I can stake my life on. I can grab a hold of and I can call them mine. Just as everybody else in this room and outside of this room, God, you are here to shake us to our core to let us know without a doubt that you are God that you created us and you love us with an everlasting love and you have plans for us that would blow our minds if we heard them all right now God every bit of that is your truth is the truth and it's our truth so Lord we believe help our unbelief because we believe just as the disciples prayed We believe, we accept, and we embrace in full faith, God, in you, the only true God that can fully be trusted to keep your promises. Precious Lord, drive that home today. Bring your healing and your salvation to every young person and adult every woman, every man that's gathered at the front of this church that's across this sanctuary and that's going to be watching and listening to this both today and in the days ahead grab their hearts hold them close and let them know every single day with your presence and your power that the promises you make them are yes and amen Father thank you as they continue to pray We're going to worship God in song one more time this morning. And as we do, I want you to worship different than you did when you came into the room this morning. And the first time of of worship we had in song, I want you to belt it out. I want you to let it rip. I want you to lift holy hands. And I want you to love on Jesus today as we celebrate the promises of our great God together one more time.